My name is John, and I haven't had a job in 2,172 days. My name is Lonnie, and I haven't had a job in 1,779 days. Welcome to Guys Without Jobs. Lonnie, how you doing today, man? I am doing great, man. Well... Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm glad to be doing the show because, uh, uh, we have kind of a new normal going on, don't we? And this is kind of a, uh, this is going to be kind of a bedrock of normalcy for me because nothing else is normal right now. Yeah, no, nothing is normal. Um, and we're going to get into that and tie it into reselling actually. But before we do, we just want to thank everyone who listened to the first episode. Um, yeah. We had a huge turnout. I don't think we were expecting uh, that many people to listen to it. No, no, it, it was awesome, man. Oh, and um, you actually had one of our listeners do something very nice for the podcast, I think, yesterday, right? Yeah, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Charles. Um, he actually set up a URL for us to direct all of the listeners. And the website that he set up will take you to our podcast. And so you can, it's going to catalog all the episodes. Um, and I just want to give a special thank you to Charles. That website is two guys without jobs.com. That's T W O guys without jobs.com. Yeah, right on. That was very nice. And, um, yeah. So also want to mention, we did get quite a few, uh, voice messages, only a couple of questions. So, um, if, if y'all want to participate in this show, just drop us a question at that website that John just gave you there. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to put your questions on the show. Yeah. When you go to the website, just click on the message and it'll let you send a voice message to us. So what a week, huh? What a week. Um, one other thing I did want to mention real quick. Um, so a lot of you guys mentioned that the podcast was not available on the platform that you listen mm -hmm. to. Um, right. It kind of took throughout the week for each platform to accept the podcast. We put it all out there last week, and each one accepted at a different time. So currently, uh, podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. It has been submitted to iTunes, um, but as of this recording on March 17th, it is not there. It's been a full week, and it's still not available there yet. So uh, check back for that. Yeah, and that's the big one too. So we're kind of waiting on it. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, what a week, huh? Since we uh, since we last talked, a lot has gone down. Yeah, a lot, and it seems to be changing like hourly. It's, I mean, it, it seems like every hour, every day, something new and different is uh, kind of thrown at us. You, you know what the big inflection point for me was? Whenever I knew it really got serious. What's that? was last week when the NBA shut down. Oh, yeah. I, I think once, I, I, I kind of sensed a lot of uh, panic and whatnot during that day. And then that night when they shut down, I'm like, oh, boy. And then that's that's when everybody, like the NCAA tournament canceled, um, NCAA baseball, you know, uh, MLB, spring training, they 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 like shut that down a couple of days later. They didn't shut that down right away, but all the, the sports kind of defined 
the turning point for me, I, you know, as far as like, oh, wow, this is really serious because there's a lot of money at stake here. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's billions of dollars that are being lost. Um, and, you know, they're they're probably making the right call. You know, it's better to be safe than sorry and probably going to save a lot of lives because of it. Yeah, yeah. It, this is um, – I'm 46 years old, and this is – this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I don't think anyone alive has ever seen anything quite like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember 9-11 quite a bit, but that was a completely different thing. It's apples and oranges comparing the two. That's the only thing that I could think of as far as ha- being any kind of comparison, because 9-11 was kind of a shared experience for everyone in the country. And when I say the country, I know we do have quite a few uh, foreign listeners, so excuse me. But 9-11 was kind of a shared experience for everyone in the United States. Uh, And this is even more so a share. Like, we're all going through the same thing. You know, like, how often does that? I've been through some disasters and, you know, like floods. Uh, We had Hurricane Katrina. I've been through things like that. But usually, like, if I talk to people outside of this area they don't really relate because they're not going through it now we can all relate to this because we're all affected yeah and to tie this into reselling there is a guy in tennessee who (laughs) decided to travel i think it was maybe like a i don't know 200 300 mile radius from where he lived and he bought up all kinds of sanitizer and like got a U-Haul for it. I think it was like seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand seven hundred. Seventeen thousand seven hundred bottles. That's crazy. And his idea was he was gonna you know flip it for profit on Amazon and eBay. And you know, <laughs> I'm never one to uh, tell somebody they shouldn't make money on something, but to exploit people in a time of crisis is just completely wrong. Yeah. Uh... No matter where you stand on that, it's just the optics are really bad. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like even if someone supports it, you know, oh, that's just capitalism. They can't, they can't, def- you know, they can't defend the guy at that time because it's the the media, the media coverage and every. I, it, and here's the part that really I don't understand is that it almost seemed like he called for this interview himself because he tells the whole story. There's like quotes of exactly what he did, what he bought, where he went, how much he was making, like the whole, like in that, in that article, it's all chronicled by him, what he did. So it's almost (laughs) like, and I think he's wearing a t-shirt that says family man. (laughs) Did you see that in the picture? He's wearing a family. Like, I think, I think it was like a, some kind of media manipulation play gone horribly wrong. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And what happened to him? So he tried putting this stuff on Amazon and Amazon almost immediately said, no, you can't, you know, you can't sell a bottle of hand sanitizer for a hundred dollars. Um, and then he tried to do it on eBay and they, they shut him down too. So both his Amazon and eBay accounts were shut down, uh, because of what he was trying to do. Yeah, and he got so much coverage that I, I think I think he was getting evicted from his storage unit and all kind. Of, he had all kind of trouble. Yeah, uh, like he is 
public enemy number one. And I mean, it's it's kind of hard to feel for him. Uh, another story came out too, like uh, yesterday. The update to the story? Yeah, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and tell the listeners about that. Oh well, hmm, I wish I would have read it again before we did this, <laughs> this show. You just read but, the title. Uh, but basically, he um, he didn't. He had no way to move it because he was no longer able to sell on any platform at any price, and uh, the attorney general was coming after him for for price gouging. And um, I'm sure in his state it's illegal. Like in Louisiana, you're not allowed to. Um, like during a you know disaster, uh, you're not allowed to to get you know price gouge. There's laws on the books. I think probably in most states. So the attorney general is investigating him. So all of a sudden, he got very charitable, <laughs> <laughs> and he started giving the stuff away. And I I think he gave most of it most of it away. And I think the attorney general was helping him uh, helping facilitate that that giveaway. So. Yeah. If, if he walks away without any kind of legal repercussions, uh, any jail time, he should just consider himself lucky. Yeah, I, he is on the front page of CNN.com. So I don't know if I don't know if he was looking for this exposure. Yeah. Or it's, it's very odd, though, because like go read that first article and there's quotes galore from him that he gave, the, the, you know, like. It looked like unsolicited quotes to me. So it looked like he was trying to get this exposure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I hope the guy doesn't do any jail time. I think he's I think he's probably suffered enough. But, yeah, it, it, it they made an example out of him. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think he's probably learned his lessons. If you guys have not seen the article, I will put a link uh, mm, yep. to it in the description of this episode. Yep. And uh, if you want to talk more about that article, just look at any reselling Facebook group. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right. I have seen some people on the side of defending him, but yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's what we have, yeah. uh, you know, conversations and speech for on, on Facebook. It's good for that. But mo- I would say 99% are, are against it. Uh, my Facebook, you know, I'll plug my Facebook group of choice. Uh, is RVA, what, what is it called? RVA Reseller Water Cooler. Yeah, that's it. Now I got to look it up. I think I might have missed the flips part. <laughs> RVA Flips Reseller Water Cooler. Yeah, that's uh, that's run by our buddy Justin over at RVA Flips. It's a fun little group. And if you want to talk about sanitizer and toilet paper, that's a good place <laughs> to do it. <laughs> It is a good group. And um, if you're wondering why it's called water cooler, uh, because most people that work in offices, uh, they kind of have water cooler talk. You know, you go to the water cooler, you get a drink and somebody walks up and you just start chatting. In our lives uh, as resellers, we work alone like 99% of the time. So yep. our water cooler talk is on Facebook. That's right. And uh, that, that's a good place to do it. So, oh, um, also, John, let's give them a, a little fun link to uh there was a play made on uh did you watch the whole did you watch uh breaking bad the whole series <laughs> yeah okay okay I, I sent i saw this link in actually in that facebook group yesterday and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna drop a link for that too it's it's uh they're uncovering the money in the oh, storage don't, no, unit. Don't, don't say what it is 
and I won't say anything else. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to spoil it. Yeah, yeah. You got a, the visual is much better. It's not as yeah. funny if you describe it. That video last time I looked, it only had like eight thousand views, and I feel like it should be viral. So I'm trying to help promote it. If I made that video, I would expect about five million views at least. Yeah, <laughs> minimum. Okay, back to reselling though, uh, John. You, I know you started an antique booth couple of months ago and um i think it's been doing pretty pretty well right yeah it was the first of the year that i started it um mm -hmm. it's something that i had been thinking about for a long time i've been reselling for 15 years now and when i first got into it i was like 18 19 years old and i remember visiting some antique malls and seeing the booth set up i'm like man this is really cool i'd kind of like to do this one day and just you know in the last year or two it's kind of made sense for me to do it because I do prefer to sell everything on eBay, but there's a lot of things that just don't lend themselves well to selling on eBay, like framed artwork, um, just bigger items, you know, things like that. So I pulled the trigger, and I'm two months in, and it's going great so far. Um, I'm, I'm luckily, lucky enough to have a lot of amazing viewers on my channel that have visited it and supported it, but so far, so good. So how, how has the last week been in that antique booth? very slow <laughs> have you sold anything this like yeah in the last week i bet i've made seven or eight sales which is kind of surprising i made two sales i'm sorry i made four sales yesterday um they have a website that uh the the, the vendors and signers can log into and see what sells and when it sells and for how much it's pretty convenient yeah, very. but yeah, I'm I'm not expecting uh, any any hardly any sales uh, for at least a month or two, uh, which is fine. You know, I don't expect people to risk their health uh, just to shop my antique booth. I remember like the your first full month there, like they they have like a leaderboard system there, right? Yeah, that's uh, top ten uh, vendors. They've got um, they've got it on the wall, and they update it every month. And it basically just shows, you know, what the top 10 vendors of the booth are. I don't know how many total they have. I want to say it's around 150, maybe 200 vendors. And wow. my first month, I cracked the top 10. I was shocked. Didn't they ask, like, didn't you ask them about that? Like, how, I think you told me about it. They're, you're like, how, how how much money you have to sell to get on that board or something like that? Did you ask them about it when, when you first found out? I did, yeah. So I think I'd been in the booth like two weeks, and I was having a really good month. And I moved into my booth like January 7th, so I missed the first week of January, but like sales were just really coming in strong. And as the month was ending, I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to be on that leaderboard. So I just asked them, you know, I said, when do you guys update that board? And they said every month. And then they, the person <laughs> said, kind of, you know, snarkily is like, why do you think you're going to be on it? You know, like with some attitude. And I'm like, no, probably challenge. not. But yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted. Exactly. <laughs> I know so, how com uh, John is so competitive, y'all. Y'all don't understand how competitive this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be on it, are you? Uh, you get, you're GD right, I'm going to be on that board. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, lo and behold, the, you know, January came and went, and they updated the board, and I was number 10. It's like, holy cow. You know, I, I had, this has been quite a few years ago now, but I had an antique booth, too, and I did pretty well with it. Um, and... I found that most of the booths in the antique mall, they're pretty much the same and they all seem 
do you think that they all seem to make the same mistakes? Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. Um, now, what, what do you think the most common mistakes are for antique booth owners? Because I, I think they mo- most of them are losing money. Am I right? I would guess so. I think the majority of them are not profiting enough money when you look at like their time and everything. Um, Cause yeah, they might be like making the rent as they say in the antique booth, which means you're just paying, you're making enough to pay your booth rental fee. So like, for example, my booth rental fee is $125. So after like, once I sell $125 worth, I've made my rent. And if you factor in, you know, the time invested pricing this stuff and sourcing this stuff and, you know, travel time to the antique booth and everything, you, you know, personally, I need to make a few hundred dollars a month at least for this to kind of, to kind of make me money. And I think a lot of people are barely making the rent because I can, you know, just the stuff I see they're selling and it's always there and it's not really moving. Um, I think a big mistake is that vendors try to sell what they like as opposed mm-hmm. to what they think the shoppers are going to like. Like you really need to cater this towards your customer. I, I also always saw a lot of the vendors, it, it seemed like they were, it seemed like they were selling the stuff they had left. Mm, yeah. You know, like they weren't really attacking that, that antique booth with some type of strategy. You know, like what, what would you say your overall strategy is in your antique booth? Oh, wow. That's good. Um, overall strategy is I want, I want to have things in my booth that kind of make people stop as they're mm-hmm. walking by. And uh, when they see it, that they, they've got to leave with it, you know, like, oh, this is cool. Like, I need this on my wall. Mm-hmm. Or in that combination with the price, too. Uh, that's another mistake I think a lot of vendors make is they're trying to get big, big money for stuff. Uh, and me, I would just rather sell it for 20% less and move on and put something else in there because I've really got no shortage of good stuff to put in the booth. What is your best item? Records. Records, okay. Vintage records, uh, classic rock specifically does really well. And what a perfect place to sell that too, because you don't have to grade it. You don't have <laughs> right. to say, you don't have to describe every little scuff or mark or split on the, there's a little small split on the spine, but it's not bad. You know, you don't have to describe any of that because they can pick it up, look at it, grade it for themselves and buy or not buy. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's the reason I really don't like putting records on eBay because mm-hmm. um, al- almost all the listings you see, the sellers have put some kind of grade on themselves, and that is completely objective. You know, subjective. What, yeah. subjective thank you. Uh, what one person sees as very good, another person might see mm-hmm. as bad. So, um, and f- for the most part, they're not selling for a ton of money. You know, if I had maybe a super rare, weird record that was worth a couple hundred dollars, I'd put it on eBay. But more often than not, they're only worth about ten bucks. Yeah. So I'd much rather put that in the antique booth. Yeah, even if it's a $5 record, all you have to do is stick a $5 sticker on it and you're done. On eBay, you'd have to take several photos, describe it, and then when it when it's sold, you'd have to ship it. You know, and you're not going to want to do that for a $5 record, but you can sell something for $5 there, right? Absolutely. That's a that's really cool, man. I'm I'm looking forward to after this whole corona thing is over, uh seeing how you do hopefully this spring <laughs> or, right. or summer. Um, so are you going after mostly 
are you going after mostly the male audience, would you say? Or do you think you have a lot of stuff that would appeal to females too? Um, I'd say it's probably 75% targeted towards males. Um, I think that just tends to be kind of like what my eye lends to mm-hmm. when I'm looking at stuff. Right. Um, but I do have some, you know, decorative pieces that I think, um, you know, women sometimes like, and I'm constantly asking my wife, like what's in style now <laughs> trends. Cause I can't keep up with it. I don't know what's, you know, what people are into anymore. You know what, um, you know what Candace and I, my, my wife, Candace, if y'all didn't know, uh, I actually had two booths at one point and we called them. And I, this is kind of cheesy. We called the booth, the Mr. And Mrs. Okay. <laughs> and I would, I would pick out, I would source things and put them in the booth. And so would she. So it was like a group. It was like a, it was like a team effort. And mm-hmm. I would end, we would end up with, you know, stuff that would appeal to men and women. And also I had a gumball machine in my antique booth and that oh, would appeal cool. to kids. And that's it had a, smart. yeah, you put the, you put your quarter in and you'd have to make like a, um, it would dispense the gumball and then it had like a little game where you'd hit a little button and it would shoot the gumball and you'd try and make a basket. Oh, that's like cool. a basketball. And man, that, that actually, that would make about 20 bucks a month profit for me. Cause I think the gumballs, I think I was getting, uh, I'm trying to remember what, I think they were like three cents a piece for the jumbo gumballs at Sam's club. Mm-hmm. And of course I would, you know, I would get 25 cents, but then I was cutting the, uh, the owners of the, of the uh, antique market in on that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just to kind of keep them happy. And, but uh, yeah, just, you know, getting, I think getting creative with your marketing uh, to stand out in an antique booth is big. What, what, what do you do? What do you do in particular that makes your booth stand out besides just the inventory or, or is it pretty much the inventory? Um, so the, what I, one thing I did, cause like, obviously it's my, I think feel like my channel drives a lot mm-hmm. of the traffic. Um, sure. and I know there's a lot of local people that watch my channel and, when I started the booth, I made sure, you know, I had a big Cincinnati picker sign and then I thought it would be fun to have a guest book and mm-hmm. let people, you know, write whatever message they want and say hi. And I also put, um, I wrote like a letter and I framed it up above the guest book saying like, you know, welcome to my booth. Like, you know, I've got a YouTube channel where I film myself going to garage sales all across the city, finding this type of stuff. And uh, I've got a lot of stickers in there, too, uh, Cincinnati Picker stickers. So, yeah, anybody who visits my booth gets some stickers and can sign the guest book. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. You know what would be interesting is if you had – I know it's not doable there, but what if you had a – what if you had, like, a TV on on the wall and it was constantly looping you picking at garage sales? <laughs> that would be that awesome, would, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be really <laughs> cool. My booth doesn't have electric, but they do have some that have electric. That would be pretty awesome. That would be cool, huh? I don't know how you would actually pull that off. Maybe you could load an SD card up or something like that with some videos and just put it on loop. But uh, Right. Yeah, the booth's open 10 hours a day, so I don't know if, like, after they close, they would turn the TV off and turn it back on or, like, how that would work. But they probably they, wouldn't mess with it. They got no. 150 booths. <laughs> right. But, yeah, that's an interesting idea for sure. So is there is there like a commission that you have to pay on each sale or is it just the 125? Uh 7% on every sale. 
Okay. That's that's fair. <laughs> and like do you have to pay any extra if your customer uses a credit card or anything like that? No. Wow. I dude, that sounds like a pretty good deal. It's a nice setup. I mean, it's it's like having a store but not having hardly any of the responsibility of it. I mean, uh, we both watch Pete the Craigslist Hunter and he's got his right. own shop. You know, he's got his own shop. And that brings him a ton of money, but you know he said himself before it's a ton of overhead too. You know he's got employees oh, and everything. So, um, yeah, the, I feel like an antique booth is a nice way to kind of get your feet wet, of like kind of having your own shop. Yeah, and I think um, I think the fact that you're prop so profitable right off the bat is uh it's pretty impressive because I could tell you whenever I was in one, bunch of like uh, I don't mean like bunch of losers basically and i don't mean like they're losers as people but they're all losing money they're like man you're doing good you might make rent your first month i'm like uh i was expecting to make rent (laughs) (laughs) i didn't come here to pay rent buddy (laughs) right right (laughs) but um yeah that's uh Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I want to go back to something you said about Candace and how it was Mr. and Mrs. I have gone garage selling with you two in person several <laughs> times, right. and I've seen how good Candace is at finding stuff. Um, you want to kind of share a little bit about some of the awesome finds that she's found for you to resell? Well, yeah, just actually she – you know what she's really good at is she likes to scour Facebook Marketplace – and I'm not good at that. I'm just not patient. I don't enjoy it. It's just like, eh, it's high overpriced. It's all junk, blah, blah, blah. But she's patient, dude. Like, she'll sit there and, like, during, like, she watching a TV show or something, and she'll just scroll through it. And if she sees something interesting, she'll send it over to me. And, um, man, I, countless times, she is the one that put me on the Walt Disney, um, Walt, Walt Disney collector classics yeah wdcc or something yeah wdcc and um i made a a nice size buy from from a lady on that and it's like uh they're all just like uh porcelain figures from and they they have them for all the different movies like uh little mermaid or peter pan or what all the all the different franchises they have these figures and they're pretty valuable and they sell really fast. Well, Candace put me on that and she probably made me about $1,500 or so off of that. And then just, yeah, just yesterday um, I went and picked up auction winnings from this company called grafeauctions.com. And they do like liquidations uh, for closing stores. And she said, Hey, this looks cool. She sent it to me. And I didn't even spend that. I spent $130. I got all the stuff listed. It was, uh, I got some, just, you never know what you're going to sell. I got some graffiti remover. I got some, (laughs) (laughs) got some Italian stainless steel dispensers and uh, a few other things, but I think I'll profit about $400 or so from that. So yeah, Candace is like a, I mean, she is just like a, fantastic resource for me and then like she does she does a lot of planning when we go on trips and stuff like when we when we've gone to tennessee to meet with you guys she'll spend a lot of time you know looking at the garage sales and planning routes and this and that she's a planner type person um and no she's awesome dude she puts me on 
like when we go to garage sales and she can go, she, she knows what I like already. And then she also knows what she likes. So she puts me on stuff all the time. Invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Candace is awesome. And she's an absolute sweetheart too. She's, she's just a really cool person. Yeah. I liked her so much. I married her, man. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it makes it a lot, lot more fun when she's with me. And I, we have talked this year, um, I'm like, hey, uh, you know, you could do this full time, you know, <laughs> and it's I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen this year, but I think it's eventually I think she's going to join forces with me full time. And it's not going to be an April Fool's joke when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. I think you guys would would make a really great team doing that. I think we would, too. Like, I, I don't know if everyone can work together, but I think but I, I know we can because we met at work. <laughs> so we oh, did, yeah <laughs> we did actually work together um for quite a few years so yeah i don't know if that's going to happen then like right now during corona time here um she works for a bank and she's getting that she's lucky like she's getting that 40 hours a week no matter what happens you know and that that that's good like i don't know Today I shipped out two items. Oh wow! Seriously, on a Monday you only shipped two? No, today's Tuesday. Oh Tuesday, yeah, jeez. <laughs> no, I, <clears throat> my whole schedule screwed up. No, mon- Monday was Monday was a little better than two items, but it wasn't my normal uh, normal sales. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely um, definitely going to experience some amount of loss of revenue, but she's not because jobs. If you, as long as your job doesn't shut down, you know, she's, uh, she's got a real secure situation there. So that's going to be hard, hard to get her to leave that, especially in view of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's times like this that like, I'm lucky that I have diversified mm-hmm. my income. Um, you know, we, I've got, I think five or six different revenue sources, uh, and you know, times like this, some of them are taking a hit my antique booth right now. I really can't rely on any money from the antique booth for the next couple of months, but some of the other ones are going to pick up the slack. Right. And you know, we are lucky. Like I'm talking about, yeah, eBay sales are going to slow down, but as long as the post office doesn't shut down, which I don't think it will totally, maybe the lobby will close or something like that. And I'll have to get pickups made. I can make some amount of money. There's a lot of people that like, here's the problem that a lot of our buyers, they are like, maybe they're a, a waiter at the restaurant or mm-hmm. maybe they, they work at planet fitness or whatever, you know, they can't work. And they're probably like, maybe eventually they'll get some kind of governmental assistance or something, but they don't have it right now, you know? So there's a lot of uncertainty. And, uh, I think if you're selling online, I think Unless you're selling sanitizer, I think you're going to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody's going to see some kind of impact for sure. Um, I think now would be a good time to go ahead and play a question from one of our listeners. What do you think? Yeah, let's do one, man. What's going on, Lonnie and John? It's your boy. It's your boy, Tesla Picker. Got a quick question for you, man. First of all, I want to thank you guys, man, for shouting me out. Um, I've gained a lot of subscribers. A lot of people are liking the content, man. I really appreciate what I did. I didn't have to do that. Shows what kind of good fellas you guys are. But I got a quick question for you, man. I just want to know, 
Um, how did your wife feel when you told them you was going to become a full-time eBay seller? Because uh, I know if I told my wife, <laughs> that, wife, I'm going to quit my job right now and become a full-time eBay player. Uh, seller she'll probably look at me and be like Bruh. <laughs> Straight up. so i just want to know how your girlfriends or wives or significant others felt at the time when you said you was gonna quit your job i know they probably loving it now but that first initial spoke our conversation how did it go you guys be good man thanks a lot i love the audio drops that he put in there that is so cool uh, bro <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy it's your boy. <laughs> okay. All right, Lonnie, um, you want to answer? I think you should answer this question first. Yeah, you know my answer is a little cringy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is how it went down for me. I had just made a score um, about two weeks before that. And I, I picked up a lot of educational robots basically in our antique mall district. We actually have a whole street with nothing but antique malls. And a um, guy was selling a bunch of robots that he picked up on surplus from his college. I bought them. I made a tidy sum of money and I got hooked on reselling again. I hadn't done it in a while. Um, and then I started to well, I want to do more of this. So I started hitting yard sales and I, I got pretty lucky at first. Right. And it started making I was working for Apple at the time. Um, I kind of taken a job with tech support with Apple. Uh, because I pretty much got laid off of my previous job. Poker room closed, and I had to find something. So um, I was not happy. I, I was basically uh, spending all day getting phone calls from people that had something wrong. They, they never called me just to say hello or to, to chat. They always had some freaking <laughs> problem, and I had to solve it, and they usually were a little angry, you know, because things weren't going the way they wanted, and it after a while, it just wears on you, man. Um, so anyways, um, started doing that. And one day had a particularly bad day with, with the job. And I was working at home at that point. Apple sent me a computer and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I say, you know what? I'm going to quit. And I told my boss, I'm like, hey, um, I've had enough. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I quit right there. And you know what? I didn't tell, I didn't tell Candace beforehand. I didn't talk to anybody because I knew that if I told anybody else, like at that moment right there, I was brave or foolish enough to actually do it. And I knew if I talked to Candace about it, she would talk me out of it. And it, it would have been wise for her to talk me out of it. Cause you know what? The first I would say year and a half, two years, it was hard. And I questioned whether I did the right thing or not. And, uh, but no, when she came home from work that day, I was sitting on the couch and I was just petrified. And I was, I sat on the couch and I was watching of all things. I was watching YouTube on the, on the TV. I had the Google Chromecast or whatever at the point at that time I was watching video videos about this trucker couple they would make vlogs i was watching this 18 wheeler driving trucker couple <laughs> all day candace gets home she walks in and she had this look on her face like she knew what was up because i was supposed to be working 
<laughs> and I said, I quit my job. And she said, I knew you were going to do it. Oh, and she, she was, man, she was like, she, you know what? She immediate, her immediate response was not good. Honestly, like she was, she knew it was, she knew I was leaning that way, but she also knew I was unhappy and she has a lot of faith in me. You know, she has a lot of confidence in me, but, um, same time I had a, you know, I had a fairly secure position. I wasn't making a ton of money at that point or anything, but it was security, you know, and, um, I just threw it all away and said, screw it. I'm going for it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough, dude. It wasn't easy. <laughs> and I don't, and I don't recommend that anybody do it the way I, I, that I did it, but that's the only way I could do it. If I got fully prepared, I was, I would never be fully prepared for that. So, but you know what? I'm glad I freaking did it. Things are great now. What a story. Wow. How about you, John? <laughs> I got How's nothing that lives up to that. Uh, before I go into what I did, I just want to thank Dave for the question, man. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, that's Shout Dave. The test Kurt. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to Dave. He has a YouTube channel that's fairly new. I want to say he's been doing it for a couple months now, and it's just really fun to watch. It's the Tesla Picker. I will put a link down in the description of this episode. Please check him out. Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, he's he's like hitting reselling hard, but he's done it in the past, and he's also got like I went and creeping on him. He's got some like old podcasts and stuff up there of himself. Like, Does he, he? Uses, like? Oh yeah, he uses he has like road microphones better than our oh, microphone wow. <laughs> and Professional uh yeah. stuff. and i mean great personality smart guy great family and if you watch him he's got some great bolos be on the lookout for type items uh he watches everybody he watches me he watches you he watches matt he watches rva flip he he watches everybody and he gets all that information in his head and then he has some stuff he knows too and he buys some amazing stuff, man. So, yeah. you know, you can you can learn. Like, I've learned a lot from watching, you know, what he picks up, too. And, and it's just so much fun. Like, his, it's your boy! <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I love those drops. Oh, love those are so too. great. They're so fun. Okay, so my story is not, not nearly as crazy as Lonnie's. Um, I've been selling... Uh, off and on for like 15 years. Um, I think we talked about the hustle gene in the last episode. And I felt like I've kind of always right. had that. Um, my, my wife, Whitney and I got married in 2013 and I was working full time, um, at the, uh, sporting goods store. And I was also buying and selling. And I it got to a point where I was making considerably more money buying and mm -hmm. selling and flipping stuff than I was at my job. And, you know, she knew I didn't like the job. It wasn't happening. It took up so much time. And like, we just did the math of like, man, if you, if you break down the hourly rate of what, of the money I was making, you know, buying and selling versus what I was making at my job, you know, we were both just like, yeah, just quit, you know, buy and sell, uh, full time. And I, I think she had plenty of confidence in me. She, you know, she knew I could do it. I'm, I'm the type of person, you know, whatever I mm -hmm. set my mind to do, I'm probably, I'm going to do it. And so she, she knew I could make it work. I think what, she, and I even asked her this question too. And uh, she said that 
she has wanted to do the same thing too. So she was a little apprehensive that if I mm. didn't have, you know, a stable, normal job, then she would always have to be the one to have that, that stable, normal job. And, Ouch. Uh, right. Yeah, I know. Um, so we, since then, we've always kind of looked at the path of like, okay, what, what does Whitney want to do to, you know, what does she want her job, her, you know, non-traditional job to be, you know, how can she work from home and what can she do? And, uh, that just happened last week. She, wow. Yeah. She put in her two weeks, like three weeks ago. And, uh, this, this week right now is her first week from home, uh, without a traditional job. And she's doing contract work, uh, for what she does. Um, she does training materials and videos and she's excellent at it. And it is in very high demand for companies, uh, to find contract work for that. And she does photography and a number of things. So <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. That, that how incredible is that G- guy and girl without job? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, Whitney is brilliant though. Like I've, I don't know, of course, anything about training materials, but I've seen her, I've seen her photography and, uh, she's a great photographer. There's no doubt about that. And she hadn't been doing it that long. So she's a very quick study. So I would say she's probably a pretty smart girl. Oh yeah. She's a lot smarter than I am. I can tell you that, man, that is how awesome is that? That nobody in your house has a job. (laughs) Pretty crazy. It is. It is like, Oh my God. it, are there are there any pressures from any any parents or anything like that? Any anybody have a problem with that? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, my parents have always been supportive. Her her parents have always been supportive. Um, yeah, I think I think everybody kind of knows we've got our shit together, and they just kind of support it. So, what do y'all do for a living? We're hustlers. <laughs> 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 oh nice yeah <laughs> that that's awesome dude so let let me ask you this man like if, if you're you have a foster daughter we haven't talked about that on here and I, I don't know how deep we'll go into that but you have a foster daughter and you have two kids of your own uh, are you gonna steer them towards some kind of entrepreneurial type thing or or would you want them to get a job first or like, what do you think about that? I'm going to let them kind of find their own way. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would help if they have a job first. Um, you know, I worked at McDonald's when I was 15. Just uh, to see how much it sucks. Oh, yeah. I feel, I feel like if you don't work a crappy job, it's mm-hmm. hard to appreciate a really good one. Yeah. Well, let's go. I mean, we both, it sounds like we both have very supportive wives. Um. I don't know how Dave's wife would react. I know. I think Dave, honestly, I think Dave probably has a little better job or a lot better job than I had at the time. I wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was giving up, um, a hundred thousand dollars whenever I quit, you know, it was right. a pretty mediocre job. So it wasn't that much at stake, honestly, like, and I could have gotten, I've got calls to go work at different places in that, in that year that first year there. So it wasn't like I really was risking, Oh, I'll never be able to work at a job again. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. But I think he has a different kind of job. I don't know exactly what he does, but I think it's a little better than that job. So don't quit your job right away there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add something too. Um, just because 
it was the right thing for Lonnie and I to go full-time as resellers. That's not the right thing for everybody. Um, there are plenty of people that do this part-time and make a lot of money and make more money than Lonnie and I make. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are never ones to judge other resellers and how they do it. Oh, you're only part-time, you know, like you don't know anything. That is not the case at all. Um, yeah, especially if you have a job that you love. Why right. would you leave that? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the reason I did it, and I think the reason you did it is because, you know, we love reselling. Like, we just have right. a passion for it. It's fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But if you, if I had a, if I would have had a job that I loved, I wouldn't have made that move. Yep. You know, like, if I would have had a job where it didn't feel like I was working every day, I would have never left. <laughs> so, like, not every situation is the same. But All yeah, right. Do, I got another do. question I'm going to play here. Okay. Let's do one. Hi, John and Lonnie. Gordo here. Um, man of a few different names on YouTube. It's Mr. Gordo G. On Instagram, it's Our Wives Are Making Us. Part-time reseller on eBay. Long-time follower of both your channels. Um, I've had a conversation with one of my friends about what the proper time to wait after a celebrity is passing to list items of theirs on ebay so i was just kind of wondering what you guys thought would be on that so after a celebrity dies what you believe would be the proper amount of time before you list an item um i know everyone's got their own opinions on this i've read lots of different things on it but i was just curious to hear what you guys would think about that and i can't wait to see you in september gordo thank you for the question man uh that is an interesting one um it's a trap it's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess I'll take it first since you, you answered the last one first. Um, there are a number of reseller groups on Facebook. We mentioned one, RVA Flips, reseller water cooler, and there's several others. And it never fails. Yep. Whenever a celebrity is about to die or just died, um, somebody makes a post and says, you know, oh, it's time to list all your... Michael Jackson stuff on eBay, you know, or whatever the celebrity is. Cue the outrage. <laughs> right, yeah, cue the outrage. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's an appropriate amount of time, you know, to list it. You know, like there's, there's no protocol for something like that. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with selling items yeah. from someone who's recently passed. But I, I wouldn't go around bragging about it. Um, I don't think it's something to make light of. Um, just you know, it's, it's business. You just just sell the item and, and move on. Um, maybe avoid price gouging. You know, that might be poor taste. No, no, that's the whole point is price gouging. <laughs> All right, Lonnie, you can, you can take over now. Go ahead. With no, I mean, that's the whole point is to <laughs> capitalize on their death, right? Like that's the, that's what, that's what they're doing. But I mean, here's the thing though. Like whenever you price gouge on uh, food, water, gas, hand sanitizer, you're talking about things that could potentially harm people, right? Because yeah. those people, those people are in crisis, and you're trying right. to exploit the people in crisis. Yeah, right. But if um, give me a give me a dead celebrity that died recently. Oh, recently? Yeah. Oh God, I don't know. Like David Bowie's coming to mind, but that's been like a year okay. more. Okay, well that's fine. But uh, but if you know if if Jane can't afford to buy my uh, David Bowie 1982 World Tour concert T-shirt, if she can't afford to buy it, 
what's the damage to Jane? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no, there's no victim here. Okay. Like the, the person is dead and people, people don't have to have this memorabilia and stuff. So there is no victim here. So I, I don't have a problem with it. So I think you should, how much time should you wait? I think you should wait no time. I think you should do it. If you're going to make a move, you need to make it ASAP because look at Elvis stuff on eBay. It ain't doing so hot. <laughs> that's my opinion what, what's your opinion John? that's a fair point i know i kind of already give my opinion but yeah you're yeah. kind of pulling me over to your side man that's that's a fair point you make but uh, on the other hand i, I agree with you I, I don't think you know oh you're profiting off of their death right i mean you're profiting off of the, their fan you know the fandom mm-hmm. but that's that's what that's what we do. We find the demand and we, we fill it. There's a need and we see the need and then we fill it. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever made a dime off of any of that kind of stuff, but I certainly don't have a problem with it. So I, I've got a question for you. This is totally changing subjects here. Okay. Um, I have heard you talk recently about um, kind of eating better and exercising. And yep. you told me that you, made a wager i did i did you you were talking about uh diversifying or having more in uh like five or six income streams right uh-huh i found another way to make money and when you don't have a job you have to make money right <laughs> <laughs> right so in one of the reasons like i've been doing i've been walking an hour to an hour and a half uh probably five or six days a week for the past couple of months. And that is time. And I usually do it during the day when I would be working. That's time that's taken out of my day. I think it's time well spent, but, um, I found a way to get compensated for it. I think I haven't actually gotten paid or anything, but I decided to make wagers on two different platforms that let you make weight loss bets, uh, diet bet. And the other one is healthy wage. And I tried this last year. You remember when I did this last year, John? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I I think I bet like a couple hundred bucks, and you know what happened? You lost. I failed. And I tried this year. I'm trying it again. Um, I have an Apple Watch. I have a few friends that I'm doing this with, and we are competing with each other via Apple Watch as far as exercise and stuff goes. And um, this time, I made fourteen hundred dollars total in bets across these two sites. <laughs> Does Candace know about this? Yeah, I told her about it. She thinks I'm yeah. crazy. She has to come do. See, here's the deal: you have to uh, you have to weigh in when the when the competition starts. You have to weigh in. Mm-hmm. One of the sites you have to do photos, and you have to have like full body shots. And then you have to have like a picture of the scale with you on it. And they mm-hmm. want to see your, it's weird, dude. You have to take your socks off. They want to see your feet on the scale. That is weird. It, it's very like, how would you like that job? Being the weight verifier where you have to look at all these ugly, <laughs> ugly fat feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and then the other one, you have to actually take a video and then you have to like, Candace will take the video I have to raise my arms up 
and I have to do like a 360, then get on the scale, weigh, and then get off the scale and then raise my arms up and do a 360 again. They want to like, they're using that, the visual clues along with the scale to ensure that you're not cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not wearing a weight vest or something trying to, right. you know, inflate the, the weight. Yeah. So, so basically most of the bets I made are like one month bets and I'm going to make more one month bets next month. But, uh, for the most part, I have to lose about 4% of my weight. And if I do, then I win. And, um, I don't know how this is going to go because I don't know how many, how many people do you think are going to fail to look to like lose 4% of their weight in a month? Do you only win if other people fail? Yeah. Like if huh. like, okay, so let's say a hundred people enter a contest, this, uh, healthy wage or diet, but they both take 25% off the top. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, any money that is left over after the 25%, all the winners split. Wow. But in the, I think it's probably pretty uncommon in the case that, um, like say everybody makes their weight, uh, they don't take the 25%. You actually get your money back. But I have, I've never like won one of these before. So I don't know how many people are going to be successful on these Mm -hmm. events. So I don't know how much I'm going to win. Have no clue. Well, you're gonna have to report back to us and let us know. Yeah, I will. Um, but man, where are we at? What's the date today? March seventeenth. Okay, yeah. Most of these, like like I said, most of these bets are ending at the end of the month. So um, it's a lot of man. It's a lot going on because I have like I think I have about fourteen bets total made. <laughs> <laughs> you went so, all in, man. You just took all your chips and just pushed them right to the middle of the table. Yeah, well, I had to make it hurt. Yeah. You know, like like $100 or $200 wouldn't hurt, but $1,400 would be a real kick in the, you know, what's. So, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to have the opportunity to make some money off of this thing. So, and I didn't share it. Like, I wasn't even, I was never going to share it because I was so um, ashamed of what happened last time, honestly, mm-hmm. and what happened every other time I've done something like this. But this time... I feel like I'm going to be successful mostly because of this Apple watch and having friends that help. So I think it's pretty cool, Lonnie. And, uh, I'm rooting for you, bud. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to, I'm going to make my, make my weight hope, but I'm going to, I'm going to let y'all know next show or next, actually probably two or three shows from now. I'll let y'all know how those weight loss bets are going and, uh, let y'all know how much money I made. Looking forward to it. All right, guys, that is it for this episode. We appreciate you tuning in. We are going to put an episode out every Tuesday, and you can reach us at twoguyswithoutjobs.com. Please send in your questions. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, and John, you just made a big commitment. You know how I feel about commitment on these things, right? I know how you feel about commitment on everything. <laughs> but I, you know what? I am committed to, do, to doing this, and uh, yeah, it, 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 this is a lot of fun. Really appreciate your, your guys' support on this. Uh, The response so far has been incredible. See y'all next time. Bye, guys.